This is Pat Donovan, and alongside Nick Ligatino. Now we can focus on baseball. Now we can focus on baseball. <laughs> yeah, you know, now that week 17 is done in the NFL, now we can focus on baseball. <laughs> All right, so uh, we are going to be doing our first base show tonight, reviewing the position. Before uh, we get into that, though, we have some very brief news items that we want to touch on. Wade Davis signed with the Colorado Rockies. Uh, where does he rank among closers for you with this news? Uh, he's up there probably top five. He's going to get a ton of opportunities. Um, you know, the guy is just, you know, he's a K machine. He's been extremely reliable. I do worry about the uh, the arm. We had He had issues the year before last. Um, and I do kind of still have that in the back of my mind. Um, but otherwise, I think he'll be pretty reliable source of saves. He'll get you the Ks. He'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, we've seen relievers be productive in Colorado before. Craig Holland had a very nice year last year. He was one of the best closers in fantasy for most of the season until he kind of lost it in August, which probably had more to do with Holland than Colorado itself. I, I have him right around six or seven in terms of where he ranks among the relief pitchers. I don't know that he'll climb higher than that based upon the situation, but yeah, he's a stud. Okay, uh, Arizona signed Yoshihisa Hiranu to a two-year deal for $6 million. Hiranu is a 34-year-old uh, relief pitcher from Japan. He pitched this past season to a 2.67 ERA with 47 Ks. Um, you know, if I'm looking at the situation. I'm thinking that Bradley is still the favorite, and then Boxberger, and then Hiranu. Um, Hiranu really profiles like a middle relief guy based on his velocity um, and skill set. Do you have anything to add there, Nick? No, the interesting thing about him is he's 33 years old coming into his first year and getting pretty decent money. So I don't know. He could be something special. The stats look good. Um, I would, in deeper leagues, maybe stash the guy. Okay. Otherwise, pay no mind. Okay. Uh, Miguel Sano was accused of sexual assault by a former Twins and Major League Baseball employee in 2015. Uh, which he has come out and unequivocally denied. MLB and the Twins are uh, investigating the situation, putting aside how you know disgusting the allegations are. Uh, Nick, do you have any concern that Sano might miss time this season? Uh, I'm leaving his ADP exactly where it is. I'm putting this aside, and I'm drafting him right where he should be going. Yeah, in my opinion, these investigations – um, tend to take a while, and I, I don't foresee that a punishment's going to be handed down uh, before the start of the year. So I don't think we're going to be dealing with a full information deck, even when drafting, you know, heavy draft season rolls around. Um, but I, I'm going to leave Sano alone as well. Um, if I have a player that uh, is on the board, and I believe that they're fairly equal, I might use it as a tiebreaker but I don't think I'm moving him down in terms of how I rank him. Is that fair? Would it be like a tiebreaker for you? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of. I just, I, I'm, I'm not paying any mind to this whatsoever. It's too early, and these things really take a very long time. It's not the NFL. The NFL, this would be a different story. The MLB is a little different. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move to first base now. Uh, first up, Paul Goldschmidt with an ADP of 
With a combination of power, speed, and average that's pretty much unmatched at the position, there's little argument over Goldsmith, Goldsmith's position as the number one first baseman. Where does he reside on your big board? I have him ranked third overall. I have it as Mike Trout, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, I have him ahead of Jose Altuve. My, most people may have Altuve uh, second, but this guy is an absolute beast. Um, last year, the year before, I mean, I don't know. Which year would you rather have, 2017 or 2016? 36 bombs, 18 steals, or the 24 home runs, 32 steals? I think I'd rather have last year. Okay. Well, either way, you're golden, right? And either, and let's go back to even 2015, 33-21. Uh, so the last three years, he's been absolutely ridiculous. And he is, without a doubt, uh, the best first baseman. And I have no problem with someone even taking him second overall or Trout. I still wouldn't scoff at the fact that he did that. <laughs> I really wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, he's number two on my big board, uh, along with Altuve and Arenado. They are probably the safest vanity commodities this side of Trout. Um, with Goldschmidt, you're not sacrificing anything. He's got the power, speed, average. He gets on base and has the counting numbers to go along with it. I prefer, him, I prefer him to Altuve because Goldschmidt's a unicorn with those steals at first base. It's just very uncommon. Um, you know, and you can find people that can give you an approximation of what Altuve does. Um, you can't find that with Goldschmidt. Um, so I, I think the steals advantage at first base sets him apart from Altuve's steals and batting average at second base. Okay, let's move along to second guy, Joey Votto, 16.11. Entering his age 34 season, are you worried at all that father time might start to creep up on Votto? Uh, you know what? I am just a little bit, but it's not scaring me away that much. I, I, I do like other guys more than Votto. Uh, I think 15, if he was going around 23, 24, I'd like him a lot more. I, I love the player. You got to love the OPS. You love the average. I love everything about Votto. I'm a huge fan of Joey Votto and I think he's going to be fine this year. But I just like the ceilings of Rizzo and Freeman better. Whereas we know what we kind of know what Votto's going to do, and he does have a floor because he is getting up there in age. Uh, we could see the home runs come now. We could see uh, his numbers start to take a little tiny bit of a hit as the years go on. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but I like the safer and plays in Rizzo and Freeman with the higher upside in those two guys as well. Okay. So that was something we were going to get to down the road, but let's just get to it now. How do you have those three ranked? I have it uh, Freeman, Rizzo, Votto. Okay. I've got it. Um, hold on for just one second. Rizzo, Votto, Freeman. But in my okay. opinion with Votto, I mean specifically, when it comes to first base and players of Votto's skill set, they usually age pretty well. Um, you know, he's got the understanding of the strike zone. Um, he's one of the best hitters in terms of plate discipline and best overall hitters. Uh, so I'm not too concerned about his age. The, the lineup around him is pretty good. So I'm not worried about counting stats being too much of an issue. I do think he's going to regress there a little bit. I think he's going to be a 90 run, 90 RBI type guy as opposed to over 100 in both. And I feel safer projecting him for about 30 homers rather than 35. Uh, I think he hit 36 last year. 
All right, let's move to Rizzo, who is 21.74. Uh, you know, I think you answered this question, but do you think there's more to Rizzo um, after four very similar seasons? Is he is he what he is, which is very good, or do you think he's got a breakout? No, and I also, think let me just add one thing. And also, if he has second base, because he's got 10 games played and some formats will give him second base to start the year, are you moving him up your draft board? Oh, Rizzo with second base? Imagine having a second baseman who would do what Rizzo could do. I mean, that's just amazing if you if he does get that eligibility. If he had it in our league, yes, I'm moving him up, and he becomes much closer to Freeman and much closer to my top 10 guys. Uh, so he gets a huge boost. And to answer your first question, yeah, I think that we I think that Rizzo still has a thing that he hasn't gotten to yet. Uh, this is another guy, really, really disciplined hitter. He walks just as much as he strikes out. Uh, the average has kind of been up and down, but I I, I think that we could see uh, one of these years up, coming up him kind of hit that 300 mark, and I think that we could also see the yeah, home runs. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think there's I, another level here. And I also think that we could see the home runs eclipse 35 easily. I think we're going to see. I can say that confidently that at some point he's going to hit 35 plus, and I just have a feeling that it's going to come around this year. He's 28. It's it's He's in a prime the prime years of his career. And I absolutely love Rizzo. This is like a no-brainer. Him and Freeman for me are a toss-up. I just think Freeman has slightly more upside. We'll get to him in a second. But uh, I have my, my personal projections for Rizzo are this year, 35 home runs. He's going to be back around 10 steals. But I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, the average is going to be right up around that 300 mark, which makes him elite. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the average is going to come up a little bit. Uh, he had a 273 Babbitt last year and probably deserved a little better based upon his batted ball quality and distribution. Um, and he had his best year in terms of plate discipline as well. You know, I mean, you mentioned the walk rate was up. Uh, strikeout rate was also down. Yeah. I think he walked more than he struck out last year, which is fantastic. Um, and he's, you know, he's got the best supporting cast. You know, well, I wouldn't say he's got the best supporting cast, but He's got a supporting cast that's superior to most other players, um, and especially when you look at Votto and Freeman. I mean, the, you want the Cubs, so I think he's going to have a. I think he's going to have the counting numbers as well. And I agree with you. I think thirty-four, thirty-five homers, nine steals. I would put him at two eighty-five, two ninety, with the upside to hit three hundred. So yeah, I, I like I like Rizzo a lot, and I mean second base is. I, I agree with you there too. I mean, it, that's it's a amazing. Boom to his value. Yeah. Okay. So Freddie Freeman, twenty-two point eleven injuries cut short what appeared to be an elite season from Freeman. Do you think his successful evolution will continue? Uh, yeah, Freeman's as you know. Uh, I've I'm just like Freeman made me a fan of the Braves. <laughs> I rooted for the Braves last year. That's my NL team now because of him. Uh, watching him play, I think that we are about to see his best year in 2018. Uh, I he has he has my projections for MVP this year. I, I he's at the top of my list in the NL. That's above Arenado. That's Where's above, Steve Gordon? All right, moving on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you spoke about what Freddie Freeman did last year before he got hurt. He was absolutely out of his mind in 117 games played. He still hit 28 home runs and stole eight bases with a 307 average. Uh, I said it before last year on an early podcast or the year before last year 
that there was definitely some upside as far as the speed department with Freeman. And I think that his stolen base, bases can mimic like Rizzo's. So I think we're going to see like double digit, double digit plus. He's a guy I think that could steal 15 bags. And the power surge is coming. Uh, we saw it in 2016. He hit 34 in 158 games. We saw it last year where he was on pace to hit 35 plus home runs again. Uh, I like the offense here. We like the young players. The average we know is going to be there. He's an excellent hitter. Another guy who walks a ton, doesn't really strike out. Uh, I, I think of the three, Freeman has the highest ceiling, and I am really excited to draft him this year. I'm going to have him in all my leagues, and he's going to be money. Get ready. Yeah, now that Freeman has sustained the power the power spike, I think we have to readjust our expectations when it comes to him. Uh, last year, he also added some steals to the mix and cut some of the strikeout fat that he added in 2015 when the power went up initially. I do worry a little bit about the lineup. I'm, I'm a little more concerned about that than you are. Um, Kemp is gone, and his run production has gone with him. Although he's not a particularly good real-life baseball player, he did provide some protection for Freeman and was and was a bat that could drive him in. Swanson had a, ter- a tough first full season. Acuna lurks, but we have absolutely no idea what he's going to do as a rookie. Um, and there are no guarantees, no matter how good of a prospect he is. Remember, Mike Trout wasn't very good in his first taste of the major leagues. So it, it's possible that Acuna comes up um, and is not good and doesn't help Freeman all that much. Um, and although I'm very high on Albies and Enciarte, uh, those are guys that are going to bat in front of Freeman. I, I just don't know who's going to be the bat behind him. Um, and, you know, I, it's it's not a huge problem. I, I love the player. I think he's going to be very productive. But when we're talking about high-end talent, these are the sorts of things that are tiebreakers. And for me, I'm a little bit more worried about what Freeman has around him than the other two that we've talked about. I mean, I don't know. Do you have any idea who's going to who's gonna be the guy hitting behind Freeman? I mean, I think Nick Markakis. Well, no, no, we we have. Well, hey, don't laugh at Nick Markakis. That's a solid baseball player. But (laughs) we're gonna find a spot for Dansby Swanson. Although he's not a prototypical number five hitter, uh, he's got to move up in that lineup. And you kind of him and Albie's are kind of similar as far as uh, their 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 numbers and what their numbers will be. Um, I mean, Acuna's the guy that you would say. It would most resemble a five hitter there because there's just no other power on that lineup. Yeah, but I don't even know who the four hitter is. But, is my point. Well, if right now it'll probably be Tyler Flowers, if anything, which isn't really attractive. But the numbers that you're looking for out of Freeman, I'm not really worried about the runs. The RBIs are going to be there, though. I mean, that's yeah. The RBIs will be that's, there. Yeah, and if I if agree. there's no one really behind him, they may make him steal more. We could that it could kind of increase his stolen base numbers. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, generally speaking, the lineup protection thing is a little overrated. But I agree. Again, when you're when you're splitting hairs, this is how you split them. Okay, let's move to the fifth guy, Cody yeah. Bellinger, twenty four point seven four. Bellinger also has outfield eligibility uh, in most formats. Do you think the rookie regression? Uh, no, excuse me. Do you think the rookie will regress in year two? And if so, to what extent? And is he the beginning of the next tier, or do you put him up with Vado, Rizzo, and Freeman? 
Uh, I don't put him up there with Vado, Rizzo, and Freeman yet. Uh, those guys are extremely safe. Um, listen, Bellinger is special, and he is going to be – he's a phenom. I mean, that swing is insanity. I've never seen someone swing the bat like that. It, it, he's just, he's just, he just wants to kill the ball and crush it into a million pieces. And in 132 games, 39 home runs in his first stint in the bigs with 10 steals. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really surprised that ADB came out and he's where he is, especially because he's a young player. And ADP-wise, usually the younger players are higher. So I, 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 I guarantee you when the NFBC comes out, he'll be way, way, way higher. Uh, you probably agree with that, right? I don't know about way, way higher. I mean, I could see him two or three picks higher. It's a the draft is kind of top heavy this year. I feel there's well, a lot of talent at the top, so it's kind of tough listen, to you know differentiate between all these guys. Well, listen. Bottom line is this kid makes crazy contact, crazy hard contact. The average home run distance is through the roof. The exit velo is ridiculous, um, and he's 22 years old. It's scary. Uh, and, and and Steamer's projections at 37 home runs and 10 steals. So uh, in a full season, if he plays 150, the kid could hit 45 and steal 15. Like it's it's really not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, the 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 average is what is a little bit of a question mark, but I think it's safe to say he's going to bat over 245, 250. You could I think I think you could bet on that with confidence. Uh, and if he does. I mean, this is a top 20 player. So uh, I'm in on Bellinger all the way, 100%. He's very close to those three. But I, me, I'm a little bit more conventional in these early rounds. I like to take play it safe and then take my chances later with young prospects. So I'd back off, but I, I, I love the player. He's going to be unbelievable. Yeah, I, I agree with you as far as where he sits in the pecking order. Um, I don't think he's in that same tier, but that's not to say that he's not an extremely talented player. Um, I've been on him for a long while. Uh, Joe and I traded for him in our dynasty league. I drafted him in a separate dynasty league. Um, what was the trade in the dynasty league? Two years ago. What? What was the trade in the dynasty league? Do you remember offhand? The trade was, I think we traded McCutcheon for Bellinger, Josh Hader. What? And another pitcher. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. what kind of league was that? Jesus. Unbelievable. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, we, did, we, we did pretty well with that one. Um, but with Bellinger, I expect the strikeout rate to hover around 25% for his career, maybe a tick or two below um, you know, at times. But I don't ever think it's going to get completely out of control, even though, this, even though the swing definitely has some holes in it. Um, and, and because that strikeout rate's not going to get out of hand, the average will always be livable. Um, you know, maybe he, maybe there's a season where he hits 240 or 235 just because, you know, the fly balls don't leave the yard or, or don't go for doubles um, in one given year. But, I mean, he's also a guy that could hit up upwards of 275, 280. Um, you know, and also, and you made a great point about the steals. Um, between AAA and the majors last year, he was 17 of 20 for on, on, on the bases. So I think there could be more steals here yeah. coming for Bellinger. Um, so I, I, to me, he looks like almost like Paul Goldschmidt uh, with a little more power and 
maybe 20 to 30 less points in batting average, uh, which is a very, very good player. Uh, but I agree with your sentiment regarding him and the other three. I mean, he's there is a chance that, you know, on the second go around of the league, the league adjusts to him. He's a little slow adjusting back. I'm not worried about him long term at all. If, you know, he gets off to a slow start, I still think he's going to be a fantastic player long term. But, you know, we've seen it before where guys come out and have great years and then in their second seasons, they struggle a little bit. That's the reality. Uh, and it is a, it is a concern. Um, so that, that's what separates him from those guys along with the batting average. Okay, Jose Abreu, sixth, 37.84. Abreu had a quiet bounce-back campaign last year after a down 2016. Do you think he can go keep it going in 2018? Does the supporting cast concern you? And do you think that this is maybe a little high for him? Uh, no, I don't mind it. Uh, I, I really don't mind the pick here. And the Abreu – right now, Abreu's been weird in fantasy. Um, last year, he was very, very, very inconsistent at times. And then all of a sudden picked it up and became Jose Abreu again. Uh, the year before, you know, it, it was a down year fantasy-wise, but it was still a good year. He still batted 293 and hit 25 home runs and knocked in 100 RBIs. It was kind of like a Adrian Gonzalez type year. Um, and the big difference between Abreu and these other guys is really just the fact that he doesn't steal. The fact that he doesn't steal bases. If let's just say Abreu stole 10 more bases, he'd be right up there in the conversation with everybody else that we just talked about. He's been super consistent since the league. He hit 30 plus home runs every single year except for 2016. He hits for a 290-plus average every single year, which is really impressive. Um, the walk rate's gone up and down, but I think at this point we know what kind of player he is, and he's a 30-home run hitter. Uh, he's going to knock in 80-plus. He's going. I'm, I'm sorry. I think he'll knock in a, you know, nine, over 90. He'll score around 80 runs, and he'll give you a really good average. So he's a little boring for me here. He's a little vanilla, but – I don't mind the pick. I, I really don't mind the pick. It's a safe pick. It's a little boring. He is what he is. I was really kind of surprised when I went back and looked at him and what he had done, you know, over the course of his career, how yeah. consistent he's been, that he's got Super. 100 RBIs in every season, that he's got 30 homers or more in three or four, that he's hit 290 or better in all four seasons. That's impressive. Now, you mentioned the steals as, as a factor that's different. Um, another factor that's different is that his OBP isn't as strong. He doesn't get on base as much. Um, he's a bit more of a um, aggressive hitter um, than these other guys are in terms of when they're, you know, willing to take a walk. Um, and those other guys also, I think, have a bit more power upside because Abreu um, hits a fair amount of ground balls. But this isn't to say that he's bad. I, I do think this is a little high, though. Um, I, I'm a little concerned about the supporting staff. Uh, you know, you've got Moncada there, who everybody loves. Um, you got Avisail Garcia, who a lot of people aren't buying what he did last year. Um, we'll see if he can do it again. Um, we, as a podcast, like uh, Wellington Castillo, but, you know, once you're talking about Wellington Castillo as the third guy, <laughs> that's not a good thing. Wellington no. Castillo should be like your sixth or seventh guy. Um, so it's it's a little bit of, of, of a tough situation. 
he's even maybe he's a trade candidate. Um, I know that there were some whispers this offseason. Um, I, I think he kind of belongs in the next range of guys that we're going to speak about um, rather than sort of on this island by himself where he's, you know, 10 picks after Bellinger and then 10 picks after the next round of guys. Um, but you don't, I, you don't, you don't hate the ADP though. I don't hate it. I just would You're have kind of like lower. lukewarm. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like break out in laughter if somebody took him at the top of the fourth round. Uh, where he's going? Yeah. I mean, absolutely not. It's and 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 for for Abreu in particular, he's a bit of a lineup construction guy. Um, you know, if you've if you've been relatively safe um, in your drafting, then uh, maybe you want to take a little more upside. Um, if you've been a little bit riskier, uh, taking a shot on a guy like Trey Turner, for instance, maybe that's where you want to. Um, Maybe this is a guy that you want and just bank his numbers. You know, you, you bank the 30 homers, bank the 290, bank the 100 RBIs. I, I, so I, I think that that's really where it comes in with Abreu is that you're going to want him based upon um, the construction of your roster. Okay, so let's move to Reese Hoskins, who has an ADP of 45.21. With 18 homers in just 50 games, many fantasy owners rode Hoskins' hot bat to the, to the playoffs. Are you okay with paying this price despite a limited sample? Oh, boy. Well, I can't really explain to you in words how much I love this kid. <laughs> like, I'm obsessed. He's good. Uh, There's, yeah, he, I think, he's, I, I'm pretty confident he's going to be very good. Yeah, he's he's really, really, really good. Um, and I think he's really, really, really similar to Cody Bellinger. Uh, how many picks ahead is Bellinger ahead of him? Uh, it's approximately 21, I want to say. Okay. 21. So so these, these two kids are, in my opinion, similar. I don't know if you consider them similar as well. Um, I was going to say that, yes. Um, Bellinger has the speed, though, and Hoskins doesn't. Yeah, uh, but Hoskins is a an extremely, extremely disciplined hitter. In his first year in the league, he was walking 17.5% of the time. That's crazy. Yep, that and is the crazy. rate's not, not bad at 21%. No, it's not bad at all. It's good. I mean, it's 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 not bad at all. But to for, for I can't think of the last young prospect that came up and walked that much uh, off the bat. Uh, and hit home runs, and, and you know he he just looked ridiculous last year. He looked absolutely ridiculous, and I think that we're going to see this kid absolutely explode this year. We're going to see thirty-five plus home runs. We're going to see. Uh, I, I I actually think the speed is there. Um, I'm, Steamer has him around five steals. I think he's going to be closer to ten. Uh, he's going to have the average. It'll be safe. It'll be around that 270-ish area. And honestly, this Phillies lineup is not that bad. Don't let it scare you away. There's some good young talent here. And then you have Carlos Santana. It's a deep lineup, one through nine. It really is. Season uh, Handes, Mikel Franco, uh, Carlos Santana, all these guys get on base a ton. And you have you have some power bats in the lineup. You have guys that get on base. You have guys that can steal bases. The opportunity is going to be there for right for Reese in both runs and RBIs. So I am 
I am in love with this kid. I love the ADP. I would take him higher than he's going right now. And we're going to see, a, a, if this kid stays healthy, a monster year. Okay, so let me unpack this a little bit. Would you rather have Bellinger at the end of round two or Hoskins at the end of round three? Since you're willing to take him higher. Hoskins. Okay. All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, the play discipline is very impressive. It was the first thing that jumped out to me. Um, you know, the, the homers are impressive, but I think we all know that that pace is unsustainable. Um, so you, you, you kind of chalk it up to a hot stretch of power and, and move beyond it. Uh, but the plate discipline is what really jumps out. And I think he's going to give back some homers in terms of the pace. Uh, but I have a projection that's roughly what you said, um, which is about 35, 36, maybe 37 homers. Uh, I'm not going to give him many steals. I'll give him two or three. Um, and I think the batting average is going to be around 270. Uh, so 270 with 40 homer potential. Um, he's he's very solid. I think that the ADP is fine. And he's going to have outfield. So he's got a little bit of versatility. We like that. Um, and I agree with you about the lineup. I think the lineup is sneaky good. I, I, we were all kind of befuddled as to why they signed Carlos Santana. But now you look at it and the lineup looks pretty complete. You know, yeah, and, and they down. have a good rotation and a good pen. It's good. They, they could be a sneaky good pen. Kind of, they got Aaron got some guys. and just guys. I like Eikhoff. I know we like Eikhoff. We like Vince Velasquez. Yeah, there's talent there, but let's see if Velasquez can stay healthy and let's see if Eikhoff can survive in a, you know, basically throwing a wiffle ball. (laughs) One of my sleepers, Ben Lively. Don't sleep on Ben Lively. Got my eyes on him. I'll sleep all day on Ben Lively. (laughs) All right. All right, let's move to Edwin Arcanacion, the eighth first baseman, 50.21. After a slow start, Edwin put forth a typical Encarnacion season. Entering his age 35 season, do you think he starts to fall off? Well, why is his ADP right here? Who put who? Who's what, what was the what was the overall? Fifty point two one is his ADP. Yeah. So that's imagine the you do top a, of the fifth round. Imagine you do a draft where you get Edwin Encarnacion in the fifth round. Imagine you, if yeah. if you're in a draft with me. And I get him in the fifth round. You need to hold me down and strap me, put a straight jacket on me. I'm gonna go wild. I'm gonna be like the Tasmanian devil and just start breaking shit everywhere. I'm gonna go nuts because it's unbelievable. The guy's ADP. He had a he had a phenomenal year once again, and he dropped 20 spots because he what he aged one one more year. Um, <laughs> listen, he's on a great team. He's gonna be Encarnacion again. He's going to do what he does. He's going to hit 35-plus. He's going to bat in 95. He's gonna, I, I think the RBIs were even down last year. I don't know why they were 107. I think we're going to see that take a nice jump. I think he's a, he, if, if he stays healthy, he's going to hit over 110. And, you know, he's walking. He's walking more in Cleveland. He doesn't strike out much to begin with. The average is safe. This is, like, so far the best value pick without a doubt. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not terribly worried about Encarnacion. He lacks, you know, any sort of glaring red flags. He's kind of like Vado in his control of the strike zone, and as I said, that kind of ages pretty well. Uh, 
he hit 38 homers last year, which is right in his wheelhouse over the last four years. The lineup around him is good. Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor, Jason Kipnis, the newly added Yonder Alonso, Michael Brantley. So there's no reason to think he's he can't score 90 and drive in 100 again. Um, the fly ball profile means the average is going to be around 260. It's what it's always been. He's always been about a 260 hitter. But uh, he's going to have strong OBP because he walks a lot. Um, so, I mean, with that track record, I, I agree with you. I, I think he should be higher than this. It, it, it seems odd to me that he's fallen all the way to the fifth round. Um, I'm guessing it's because, you know, people are very concerned with speed. And I'm guessing it's also because there's a lot of young players that are, uh, you know, had good seasons last year and people want the shiny new toy. But, you know, give me Encarnacion and his 35 bombs and 90-100 all day. I'll be perfectly satisfied with that. Seriously. All right, so uh, why don't we rank Abreu, Hoskins, and Encarnacion? Uh, for me, it's Hoskins, Encarnacion, Abreu. I have it Encarnacion, Hoskins, Abreu. Okay, so Will Myers, 66. Myers put together a 30-20 season last year, mm. a year after going 28-28. Mm. Where do you project his steal total for this year? And do you think the counting production will return to 2016 levels? One of my favorite players in all of baseball. Unfortunately, I missed on him last year. I didn't get him in time, but I had him on. I got sniped. I lost him. I think it was. I just. I, I almost died at the draft last year when he was taken. Um, I absolutely love Myers. The speed is going to be there. Don't worry about the speed decreasing. I think this year you're going to see him eclipse 25 plus steals, um, and he's going to hit over 25 home runs again. And I think we're going to see the batting average come up a little bit from 243 up to like a 250 plus average. Uh, I absolutely love him. And just a little tidbit, uh, something that you need to think about when the podcast ends. Will Myers last year, average home run distance 409.8. For those of you who do not follow that stat, that is means his average home run is further than any person that we just spoke about. So the power is there, and it's going to be there. Um, he walks. Yes, the lineup is terrible, and I guess that's why his ADP is so bad. But give me 25-25 any day of the week. I will swallow the 250 average with a smile on my face and dance on your grave when I win the championship again. <laughs> All right, so despite not having any sort of empirical data to back this up, I generally believe that bad teams tend to run more. So I, I feel comfortable projecting Myers for about 20 steals. Um, uh, Nick, I know you said 25. I, I'm not going that far. But, you know, kind of splitting hairs at, at the difference between 20 and 25. Um, the lineup around him looks a little better because they've added Galvis, and he's an actual major league player, and they didn't have that at shortstop last year. And they also added Chase Headley. Um, they're not oh, those guys. Nice. Those guys aren't moving the needle much. <laughs> wow! But again, when you're talking about the difference between, uh, you know, a below replacement level player and replacement level players, it's it's going to help a little bit. I I see him about 85 runs, 85 RBIs. Uh, what do you think about the counting numbers? I think we're going to see them go up. 
um, and not because of anyone that they acquired that you just mentioned, uh, but because we have um, Manny Margot in his second year, I think is going to be a fantastic player, a guy that I think I was just a little too early on. I think we're going to see him really progress this season. We're going to see the average go up and all his home runs and stolen base totals. Um, look out for Jose Perella, who's going to get some uh, playing time this year as well. Impressive rookie. He's going to get some playing time off the bat. Uh, high average hitter with some power. Yandrebis Salartes, whatever. Hunter Renfro, look out for. I think we all know the power that he has. Uh, and Austin Hedges, who was off, got off to like one of the best starts ever last year and then fell off the face of the planet. But he's actually a good player. Look at the double AAA stats. Isn't good by any means, but it's not as bad as people think. Go ahead and draft him. Okay. All right, let's move to Eric Cosmer, who might end up being his teammate. 66.26 ADP. Coming off his best fantasy season as a pro, Hosmer has hit the free agent market to a lukewarm reception. Do you think he is worth the price of admission at this ADP? Or are you lukewarm as well because he's too BABIP dependent? Um, yeah, he's not worth this. Uh, Eric Hosmer is Cosmer. And last year's best... <laughs> fantasy season that he had i mean what'd he do he had 25 who didn't hit 25 home runs last year i think d gordon was the little guy in all baseball you know who Billy did Hamilton. hit 25 home runs last year matt joyce who? matt joyce well, all right we'll get, we'll get to him just i'm editing that out um but but seriously who didn't hit 25 home runs they're easy to come by these days uh, the steal, six steals. Oh, yeah, it's an added bonus. Whoopee. I could get six steals from uh, Jose Abreu. Uh, who, I mean, any, six steals is nothing. Uh, the, the nice thing is, is that he batted 318, but he did that with a 351 Babbitt. Um, and that's the highest of his career. That's going to come down, and so will the batting average next year. I think you fully agree with me on that. We could co- confidently tell you he's not going to bat 318 again. Yeah, I would um, agree. I have zero interest in batting at Hosmer. It's extremely vanilla. I don't see that much more he can do than what he did last year. Um, he could re- he could re- he could repeat all the numbers except for the batting average, in which case what twenty five six and what I have him down for my projection for his batting average is two ninety three right between two ninety and two ninety five. It's just whatever you don't spend a pick here on a guy that could do that. It's just vanilla. No. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean. My stance on Hosmer is pretty simple. He has to undergo a swing change for me to be interested. Um, and if he does, if he decides, you know, I'm going to turn some of these ground balls into fly balls, you know, he could be a monster. He could be like a 295, 290, 30 homer guy with tons of counting numbers. You know, he could basically, you know, transform himself into Jose Abreu. But I'm not paying for a change that hasn't occurred yet and that and a change that he's given – every indication he's not going to do um, because, and then that's because his profile is so BABIP dependent at the moment. Um, you know, if, if the BABIP falls back down to 320, suddenly he's a, from last year, he's a, you know, like what, like a 25 home or 290 guy, which is what you just said. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, but it's not, it's, it's not worth this pick at all. I mean, Will Myers gives you, you know, the same amount of power and 20-plus steals, and he's going right next to him. So, I mean, I don't know why you would take Hosmer here. 
Um, I, I don't like the fit. If it does end up in San Diego, it, it's been bad for lefty power, and he needs all the help he can get as far as the power goes. Um, so, I, 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 and I mean, the downside is significant. You know, if he has a bad BABIP year with all, with all those ground balls, his floor is like 20 homers, 260. And like, that's a disaster in, what is this, round six? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's round six. Uh, that's a, that's a total disaster, and it's and, and it's bad because he's not a guy that has he's been durable. So you're going to keep rolling him out there for his two sixty and twenty homers uh, because he's going to play. <laughs> so like you can't even escape it. He won't he won't bail you out by you know getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I hate I, I I don't like this ADP at all, and I think this next guy makes this oh. ADP look. Completely oh, laughable. Gonna pop, gonna yeah, I'm gonna, this. yeah, this is the best one. This is this is definitely the best one. All right, <laughs> number eleven, Miguel Cabrera, one oh two point eight four. How the mighty have fallen. Oh, man. this is a big ADP drop from Hosmer. It is close to forty picks. Do you agree with the drop? Oh, my God. in ADP. Don't even ask me that question. Don't even ask me that question. If you sit there and take Eric Hosmer. Over Miguel Cabrera, you need to be hit in the head with a club and banned from playing fantasy baseball for the rest of your miserable life. <laughs> um, this is this is not Arsh. going to happen. This is not going to happen in any league. I don't care. If you are drafting in March, there's no way Miguel Cabrera is going in the 10th round. As time goes on, here's what's going to happen. He's going to be healthy at some point during spring training, and he's going to look good. He's going to get good reports, and he's going to shoot up like 40 picks. Um, this is ridiculous. But let's just stay, let's just say it stays the same, and his ADP is yeah. Then, you, then you're going to get a friggin' you're going to get the steal of a lifetime. Um, I will say this. Uh, one thing that I looked at I, – I mentioned home run distance before. Uh, when you go and look at the ESPN home run tracker, it's a, it's a really good website. I suggest everybody just check it out. Uh, there's a bunch of different categories. One of them is just enoughs. It's called just enoughs, like you barely hit it over the fence. He had a bad power last, uh, year last year. He had 16 home runs. Out of the 16, 11 of them were just enoughs. And I cannot recall – seeing that many just enoughs from that many home runs. So really, he kind of got lucky. I looked at the spray chart for them as well. They are like, they just made it over the wall. That's the bad. But here's the good. He's Miguel Cabrera. And he was injured at parts of last year. And he's one of the greatest natural hitters in the history of baseball. And here's another thing. 34 is not that old anymore. No, not for He could get hurt and... He could get hurt and come back, i.e. David Ortiz, who missed an entire half of baseball in 2012, came back in 2013 and was a 30 home run hitter again. And then came back the next three years after that, went 35, 37, 38 at age 40, 39, and 38. And every so, year was criminally underrated because he was a DH. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so don't let this ha- don't let David Ortiz happen to you again in Miguel Cabrera. He's going to come back this year. I project him for 30 plus. I think he's going to I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play 140 plus games. 
the average is going to fly up. He's going to go from 249 last year way back up to 300-plus again. Not 290, 300-plus. And although the team has taken some hits, some big hits, it's not a bad lineup. And Pat will definitely tell you it's not a bad lineup if you look at who's batting in front of him. <laughs> um, but there are still some veterans there. Joke. Yeah, you've got Victor Martinez. You've got my boy, Nick Castellanos. There are some players there. He's going to be just fine. And this is a this is a phenomenal pick at this point, if you get him. Yeah, when I first looked at this ADP, I was <laughs> stunned yeah. at how low the market is on Miguel Cabrera. And I mean, you know, I, I, I'm well aware of everything that everybody else is. You know, he's 34. He's coming off a bad year. He's got back problems. Um, the K rate shot up to 20.8%. The walk rate went down to 10.2%. The lineup around him is going to be poor. Yes, I, I know all these different factors. But like Nick said, Cabrera is among the best hitters of the generation. And 34 isn't that old for a first baseman. He doesn't, he doesn't need his legs. <laughs> I didn't think he was going to come out with a first-round price tag. But to see him sitting there in round nine is baffling to me. And it's a major profit opportunity. You know, and his current peak right now, and it's and it's very achievable, looks a lot like a souped-up Jose Abreu, which is, you know, like a 310 batting average with 30 to 35 home runs and a really good OBP. So, I mean, and at this price... Almost all the risk is baked in. So, like, even if you if he's sitting there in round nine, you take him and you swing and miss, it's not the end of the world. And your profit is huge if if he comes back to be what he was. So, I mean, if he's sitting there in round nine, you should be kicking yourself if you didn't take him in round eight. But <laughs> it's I, I, I don't even know what to say about this. I, I was completely baffled. Having him, I, 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 having him below Eric Hosmer was just it, it made me want to not talk about fantasy baseball ever again. <laughs> I would all right, and, and just to put it into perspective, I would if I seen Miguel Cabrera there around five, I don't think I can't take him. Like my body is gonna just drag me to the draft board, like I'm being possessed by a devil, and I'm gonna grab his name off a sticker and put it on the board. I can't not you're take be, him. You're gonna be sitting five. there, and you're just gonna, you're gonna like your head's gonna explode because you're like a robot. Yeah, you're gonna go beep. Yeah, I'm taking. I'm probably. I'm definitely. You know, what? I'm definitely taking him around five, and I might even take him in round four. I don't care. It's fucking Miguel Cabrera, people. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, one hundred percent. I mean, the only way, the only way I backtrack on that is if you know he's in spring training and. You know they're 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 playing spring training games and his back starts to act yeah, up. Exactly. In which case, yeah, drop him. You know, I'm he's, still he's going, him. He's, I'm he's still, going down. But but yeah, if he has back problems in spring training, let's say let's say he misses the final two games of spring training with back problems, I'm still taking him as ADP and still probably higher than his ADP. Yeah, I wouldn't have. A, I don't think I'd have a problem with him in round nine. If even if the back Miguel was Cabrera. No, I have no problem with Miguel Cabrera in round nine. Okay. All right, let's move to Justin Smoke, uh, the 12th first baseman, 113.84. In his age 30 season, Smoke finally made good on his opportunity. Uh, do you think it was a fluke? Can he replicate it? And are you paying to find out if he can? Uh, yeah, so I like the player. 
but I'm not paying to find out if he can. Now, I, listen, I do think that the power stays. I like the swing. I like the player. I like the fact that he walks. I love the fact that his strikeout rate went way, 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 way down. He obviously made an adjustment. Yeah, he obviously made a huge adjustment in that department. Um, but like you said, he is uh, now 31 years old. And he just broke out and had his big season. So at this point, I don't pay the price of someone's big season. If he was 24, 25, yeah, yeah, he's young. He's growing. He's making adjustments. But at 31, I'm not. I do like the lineup. I do like the ballpark. Um, it's a great spot to be in. He's locked into the into probably either the three or the four spot, probably the three behind Josh Donaldson ahead of Krenjus Morales. But I, I'm not buying the career year. Who would have thought at this time last year, <laughs> Justin Smoke would be going yeah. within a round of Miguel Cabrera? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you pointed out a lot of the good. Uh, the K-rate dropped 12%. That's great. Um, he kept the walks. And everything else looks pretty sustainable. His home to fly ball rate was about the same. The fly ball rate was about the same. Um, he's a career 281 BABIP guy. The BABIP was 285. Um, so this looks like a legitimate combination of cutting keys and getting full-time at-bats. The contact rate was way up. The swing strike rate was way down. Um, some of the contact gains were from outside the zone. That might change. Maybe that hurts the average a little bit. But he looks like a 30-homer, 250 bat. But that's pretty much all we're going to talk about for the next hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, 30 yeah. homers and 250. So I am not going to pay top of the market for Justin Smoke when I can get Logan Morrison, you know, 200 picks later, who's going to do the exact same thing. Okay, Matt Olson, 13th first baseman, 118.84. The less heralded rookie power breakout from last year. Olson popped 24 homers in 59 games. Which do you prefer at the price, him or Hoskins? And over under 35 bombs for Matt Olson. Uh, I prefer Hoskins, um, but I do like Olson. See, I'd I, rather I, have I Olson like at Olsen. this price than Hoskins at this price. Well, the, the difference here is uh, he plays in, in, in Oakland, uh, so there's the ballpark factor, number one. Uh, number two is the batting average. That scares me a little bit. He's been up and down his entire minor league career. Um, Steamer hasn't projected for 236. And I think he's an adjustment guy, though. Pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, the K rate was 27.8. That's going to come down. I mean, we never saw that rate from him throughout his entire uh, minor league career. Uh, I think that comes down, and we could see an uptick in, in the walks, which obviously you know helps in every way, every way shape, possible. Um, I do like the player. I do like the power. It's there. We've seen it. We we knew the play that he was before he came up. Um, he might be. He might be a couple of years away uh, from being a really really solid player. I just don't know if he's there yet. He looked lost to me a little bit last year at times, and I really liked him last year. But when I would go into my MLB Network app and watch the A's games, he. He just didn't look as poised at the plate as the other, the, the rest of the rookies in his class. So, yeah, if he makes some adjustments, and I, I know you love the fact that his bad is was way lower than his average. I know you're going to get to that. 
Um, but I, I just think the other guys are real, true breakout superstars. And Olsen I see more as just a power guy with a so-so average, absolutely no speed in his game. And that's where he loses me as, you know, comparing to those other guys. Yeah, I, I'm not going to, you know, make a case for his batting average. Uh, he's got the fly ball profile. So the BABIP is not going to be, it, it's, it's not going to be, you know, some kind of high level that's going to help the batting average. Um, he's an extreme fly ball guy. He makes hard contact on the fly balls. So, I mean, that's why he had so many homers. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a decent bet that the, that the batting, that the BABIP comes up over the course of a full season, but I, I don't think it's going to, you know, raise his batting average to like a 270, 280 sort of level. Um, I, I think he's like a 245, 250 type um, with downside around, you know, 230. Uh, but I, I, the power is legit. Uh, it's, com it's completely legit. I think 35 is, is a good number um baseline i i think i have him projected for 34 so augusta oh, wins wow. here or there gets him over that um and he's got he's got outfield in 10 games uh 10 game formats so he's he's got the same versatility the hoskins has and as i mentioned he adjusted his swing last year so that was really the heart of his improvement um the plate discipline is not as good as hoskins but I just see very similar production from the two of them. Um, and Olsen is going, um, you know, about 70 picks later. So you're talking about six rounds of value. Um, I'm paying up for Hoskins, you know, for 20, 25 points of batting average. Um, that's not worth it to me. And, you know, we talked about the, the Phillies lineup. I like the way this A's lineup is shaping up as well. I'm a big fan of Marcus Simeon. Uh, we're big fans of Steven Piscotty, who they got. Uh, Chris Davis has hit, you know, 40 homers the last two years. He's great. Uh, Matt Chapman came in last year, hit for some pop. Um, Jed Lowry had a, had a great year last year. It's it's not a bad lineup at all. And, and I think Olsen is going to be put in position where he's going to be able to drive these guys in. Um, so I, I like the player quite a bit. Can, can now, I just say one more thing about Olsen before we move on? Go right ahead. All right. Uh, the one thing about Olsen as well, I said it before, the speed and the average is what kind of separated him so far as far as ADP with those other guys that we spoke about, uh, you know, with Hoskins, Bellinger, and those, those other young players is that um, with his power, uh, for me, it's there, and I like it, but it's just – it's questionable. Um he had a really big – as far as his um, minor league career, he had a really big uh, 2014 in single A where he hit 37 home runs. But after that, it was kind of mediocre as far as the power goes. 17 home runs in double A in 2015, 17 home runs in 131 games in triple A. And last year, yeah, 24 home runs in 59 games is great. But just to go back one more time, out of the 24 home runs he hit, 10 of them were just enough. They just went over. And his home run distance is very, very low. Uh, I mean, for, listen, 403 isn't bad when you compare it to other power hitters, but it's not good. Um, and that's something I kind of look at with especially young players to see how far they're, they're hitting the home runs, just to check their exit velocity. And he's just not on those guys' levels. I think he'll be fine. I think that 
35 home runs is a bit of a reach, though. Okay. All right, let's move to a guy that you like a lot, Trey Mancini, ah. 138.74. Another rookie that played extremely well, albeit over a larger sample size. This ADP seems to imply that drafters think he's got another level to his game because while good, 24 homers, 293, look good, they're, they're not special. Do you think there is more here? Yeah, I've I've always thought there was more here. I I I was a fan of Trey Mancini's like 40 years ago when his parents first met on their first date. I absolutely love this kid. <laughs> um, and I drafted him years ago when we did our dynasty league. Um, he's just someone that I've always watched and always couldn't wait to see what he could do when he re- can reach the 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 major league level. When you look at his stats throughout his minor league career, I think everyone who looks at young players loves to look at play discipline. Uh, play discipline. Of course, you want the power, the speed. But for a younger player who's 18, 19 years old, you want to see a guy who's disciplined at the plate uh, because that translates better into the major leagues. If you got a guy like Joey Gallo who's striking out 36% of the time, 40% of the time, it's most likely not going to work out so well. Uh, but Mancini, you watch him play. He's got the most composed swing, one of the most composed swings I've ever seen. He's just got a short swing, but he's got power behind it. Um, he could place the ball all over the field. I really, really like the player. And if you look at his – the one thing to take from his minor league stats in the last couple of years is how he's made obvious changes. He's become more patient at the plate. Uh, he's, been, he's, he's walked more. Now, last year in the majors, yeah, it was 5.6%. We'd like to see that come up. But the year before in AAA, 9%. That's a big drop. We're going to see that walk rate go up to at least six and a half, seven, I think. And uh, we're going to see the K rate come down as well. He was at 237 Last season, that's also a bit inflated if you compare it to his minor league stats. I think he's more of a 21-20. I think that the power sticks. I think he's got sneaky speed. It does not show uh, in his stats, but once again, watch him play. Just like I said about Piscotti, just like I said about Goldschmidt. Watch him play. The kid is fast. He can run. Um, I love him. I, I think he's a super composed hitter. And I know you don't like the fact that his bat was 352, and that's you could probably say his average is going to come down, all that good stuff. But I like Mancini this year for 30 home runs. I think he's going to steal five to ten bases. I think he's going to bat right around 270, over 275. Let's just say that. And he's going to get on base. So I really like him, and he's a steal at this uh, ADP. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of jumped out in front of me and pointed out what I was going to point out. But to me, with Mancini, he's in, in order to justify this price, he's either going to have to steal some bases, which you're saying you think he will. I do not think he will. Or hit for more power. And I don't think he's going to do that either. Um, and then if he's not going to get better uh, in terms of those facets, he's got to have the average. And that average is an issue because – he needed a 352 BABIP to get there. Um, and he's only got the 5% walk rate last year, which you're saying might go up based on his track record in the minors, which is fair. But if he's if the BABIP's not there, he's not on base, um, and the average is going down. Um, I, and, I, and, you know, frankly, like I, I like Mancini too to, to an extent. I think he can be a plus BABIP guy, but I don't think he's a perennial 350 guy. Um, so, I mean, to me, Mancini almost looks like Mark Trumbo with a ground ball problem. Um, so that's going to mean less power and more batting average. 
which I don't think is worth the investment here. Okay, Ooh. let's move to Ryan Zimmerman, fifteenth uh, at the position, one forty six point one one. The latest swing change poster boy, Zimmerman enjoyed both good production and health last year. It was his healthiest season since 2013. Do you think he can repl replicate both? And what concerns you more, the production or the health? It's the health. Uh, you know, this guy's been just completely injury prone his entire career, but especially since 2011. I mean, just look at the games played. It's up and down, up and down, up and down. He's constantly dinged up. Uh, even last year, he was dinged up a bit, but he still turned in 144 plus game, 144 games. Zimmerman's kind of like a guy that you get to a certain. I, I've, I always get to the point in a draft where I look and I'm like, ah, Ryan Zimmerman's still there, and you know maybe he'll do it this year. Maybe he'll stay healthy because when he is healthy, he's pretty damn good. I mean, he's a good hitter. Uh, he's a disciplined hitter. He's a high average hitter most years. Uh, let's let's just let's just cross out 2016 and look at the rest. Um, it, it, the guy's been solid. I'm not buying the 36 home run season. I, I I think the ADP is fair, but it's just he's just not a player that excites me. He's 33 years old. He finally turned in a healthy season. Yeah, he's on a good team with a pretty good lineup, but I, I'm I'm staying away. You know, you look at Zimmerman's profile, and it might lead you to believe that he actually didn't change his swing. Because his ground ball to fly ball ratio was pretty flat. But what Zimmerman did do was change his launch angle, which led to more homers and extra base hits. When it comes to injury, the best indicator of future injury is past injury. And Zimmerman's got a laundry list uh, when it comes to his injuries. But he's this is a 13th round price tag. That largely bakes in the injury risk, in my, my opinion. Um, when it comes to the production, I think he's going to give back a little bit of the batting average. Um, he was at 303 last year with the 335 Babbitt. Um, I think the Babbitt was a little high, uh, considering his career average is 300. So, I mean, I think you're looking at a guy that's going to hit about 270 with upper 20s bombs and really good counting stats because he's in a good lineup. Um, I'm on board with this you know, value for him. I actually think he's going to turn a profit at this price as long as he stays healthy. Okay, let's move to Greg Bird. Bird is the word, 156.16. Strong close to the year has people buying despite what was mostly a lost season for Bird. Do you think this is a little aggressive or does the upside warrant the price? Uh, the upside warrants the price. I, I, I like the ADP here. Uh, Bird was a really highly touted prospect and was, you know, he's just being overshadowed right now by the good play of Sanchez and Judge. The fact that the Yankees just got John Carlos Stanton, Didi Gregorius, Castro. I mean, everybody on that team has outperformed. Um, and Bird is kind of like the, the guy who's just been forgotten, along with Clint Frazier, who, you know. But I really, really like Bird. And I think that we're going to see a 30 home run season from him on a very good team and a very good ballpark and a very good division for pitching and a very good, uh, uh, and a very good everything. So I have him projected for 30 home runs, uh, with an upside of 35 to 40. <clears throat> We're going to see the average fly up. It's going to go way, 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 way up. Uh, you know, he's a good hitter. He's very disciplined and you know, 
255, what he did last year, that's just not going to happen again for him. We're going to see him get up around 270-ish, and he is going to return major profit. He just has to stay healthy. If he stays healthy, he's going to be absolutely money. And even if he doesn't hit the 30-plus home runs, he's going to probably be in the five spot on this lineup behind Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, and Gary Sanchez. So the RBI is going to be there regardless. I love Bird this year. Yeah, I, I think this is a little bit of the return of the Yankee premium. Um, the lineup is obviously very, very sexy uh, when you consider uh, what's around him. But when it comes to Bird, the actual player, he's got very real power potential, and he's in Yankee Stadium. So the power could be, you know, 30-plus, definitely. Um, and But the fly ball profile didn't work for him last year. He had a 194 BABIP, and that's unsustainable to the low end. But if he's going to have BABIP problems, then the K rate at 24% becomes a little bit worrisome, especially when the hard contact rate that he did have on his 50-plus percent fly balls was good at 36%, but not not upper echelon. All in all, I, I see the upside, but I still think there are players I want that are going behind him and that there are also cheaper options that are going to provide a reasonable approximation of what Bird can give me, um, which is 30-ish homers and about a 240 batting average. Okay, Matt Carpenter, 17th first baseman, 161.42. A couple of years removed from his big 2015 breakout, do you think Carpenter could return to those heights? And how high does his extra eligibility, second base and third base, in 10-game start formats push him up your list? Yeah, I'm just I'm just not a Matt Carpenter guy. I'm just not. Uh, I never will be. He, to me, it's just extremely vanilla, extremely boring. Kind of reminds me of the Ben Zobra situation um, where Ben Zobra's had that one huge year. Then he had the eligibility, and that kind of kept his ADP high. I think it's kind of similar here with Matt Carpenter. They are different players. I'm not comparing the players. I'm just comparing the situations. Um, I, listen, who's like I said, like I said before, who's not hitting 20 home runs in this day and age? Uh, I, where do you see him topping out this year? 21, 22, 23, maybe 25. All right, 25. It's coming with no speed. What's the average going to be? 270. Okay, congratulations. He walks. He's going to get your OPS. All right. He's boring. There's a lot of upside around here. I'd rather pass on the 32-year-old, and I'll take a young guy with high upside, or pretty much. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of guys after him I'd rather have. I, I know you're a fan, so you could battle me on this all you want. No, the primary primary culprits for Carpenter last year were the home runs and the average. The average is primarily attributable to his 270 Babbitt, and you can draw a direct correlation between that and his 50% fly ball rate. That said, Carpenter still posted a very respectable line drive rate and first career is at 321 BABIP guy. Um, I'm going to bet that he adjusts the swing a little bit and gets the BABIP to around 310 and the average comes back up to the 270-280 range. Carpenter struggled last year with the shoulder problem 
which is part of the reason why the Babbitt was so poor and the home runs weren't there. I'm hoping with an offseason he can get the shoulder straightened out. He's still only 32. He's got fantastic command of the strike zone. He scores runs in bunches at the top of what should be an improved lineup with Ozuna and possibly another batter um, coming in. Um, we'll see where the offseason ends up. But the cards seem to be linked to um, you know, a ton of moves. Um, so I think they're going to look to upgrade uh, somewhere in their infield, and that will aid Carpenter. Um, and I think he was a little hurt last year, and I think he was a little unlucky. Um, I like the extra eligibility. I'm always a fan of eligibility. Um, but eligibility or not, I, I like him at this price. I, I think that he's a very productive player. Um, and, you know, he's kind of productive in ways that people don't realize um, that those runs from a player that can cover three positions is, is very nice. And he's particularly valuable in like an OBP um, type format. Um, in average, um, you know, it, it's funny because you you would look at a 270 and you look at a 280 and you're like, uh, it's good, but it's not great. But at first base, it, it, it kind of is uh, because there's so many guys that are going to hit like 235, 240. Um, you know, having a guy that's going to pop 275 at the average is – you know, a relative advantage. Okay, let's move to Josh Bell. 18th, 166.42. Despite his power always being the question as a prospect, Bell was able to hit 26 homers last year. Do you think he can keep the power and regain some of the batting average? Or is he just, you know, a sort of uh, corner infield utility guy um, for your bench? Yeah, I really like Bell coming up. Uh, what impressed me most is the ridiculously good uh, strikeout and walk rates that he produced uh, in the minors. Um, and, you know, the power upside is there. Uh, he has a little bit of speed, but he kind of reminds me of Matt Carpenter a little bit. Uh, the numbers are kind of similar. The batting average, I think at the end of the day, can be very similar. Um, but, yeah, he doesn't really excite me too much. I think he's a guy that could hit close to 30 bombs, and it could come with a pretty healthy 270-ish average, but there's, very, there's really not much speed. Uh, the lineup, I'm not really too crazy about. There's some guys there, but guys, there are guys there who are injury-prone and guys there that are inconsistent. Um, so I like him, don't love him, but I do like the ADP. Bell is interesting to me because at first I really wanted to be excited about him because he's got the profile of a player I typically like. Um, you know, with good plate discipline, um, you know, and you look at it, you say, all right, well, the issue is the power and he hit 26 bombs. So you don't got to worry about that. And he only strikes out, he strikes out less than 20% of the time. And he's got a good walk rate. So he just needs a little bit of Babbitt, but then you, then you dig a little deeper and Bell's got batted ball distribution issues. Um, ideally a player will hit their fly balls to their pull side for power and ground balls to the opposite field or center uh, for Babbitt and to avoid the shift. Bell does the opposite. 52.9% of his grounders were pull side, and 47.8% were to the opposite, opposite field in terms of his fly balls, with just 22% going to the pull side. This explains to me why Bell is a 280 Babbitt player over 700 major league plate appearances. Um, 
Thus, if the power is mid-20s and you're looking at a BABIP around 280, you're essentially buying exactly what he was last year, which was solid, but there are players behind him with greater production. Um, in terms of how I'm approaching the player, um, long-term, I still like him. But for this year, I'm staying away until I see something that signals to me that he's made the change that he needs to make. Okay, Justin Bohr, 170.95. At 29, you have to wonder if he's the next guy out of Miami. If he stays, are you okay with him here, or does he need to go elsewhere to warrant an investment? No, I, I actually really like Bohr a lot. Um, if you look at the, the numbers that he's posted in his career and prorate them, he's hit for really good power every single year. And it's, it came with a pretty nice batting average as well. Uh, last year, he turned in a good year, 25 home runs, 289 average. And he did that after coming back from the worst injury of all time, an oblique. So that's saying something. Um, I, I like him. I like the upside. And if this kid plays 150 games, he could easily hit 30 home runs. And it's going to come with a pretty solid average. Uh, if I had a pick between him and Bell, it's like drawing straws. But I'd probably go with Bell just because I like the, the walk and K rates. But his walk rate's really healthy as well. He's a disciplined hitter. I, I like Bohr a lot. I was on Bohr as a player primed to break out last year, and I, I think he did. So I'm going to count that one as a victory. He had 25 homers, 83 RBI, and a 289, 366, 536 triple slash, and that came in an abbreviated season, as Nick mentioned. Um, I think they're probably going to move him in season. But I'm okay with riding the situation out in Miami, depending on who is there. Um, so, I mean, if Bohr is there and two of Yelich, Real Ubuntu, and Castro are still there, I'm in. If two of those three or all three are gone, I think you have to dock him some production. But for now, I'm holding steady. Bohr hits the ball hard to the pull side, which is what you want. He could stand to hit a few more fly balls as opposed to grounders. But... <laughs> 25 homers in 108 games from last year. That's nearly a 40 homer clip. So I'm willing to, you know, forego the extra fly balls and bank the batting average. As Nick said, I mean, if he's a 280 hitter or 275 hitter with 30 homers, that's what you want. So um, I'm in on board still. We'll see what happens with the situation in Miami. Okay, Carlos Santana, 20th at the position, 173.95. We spoke about him last week during our offseason rundown and his signing with Philadelphia. Let's do some either-ors. Santana or Zimmerman? Santana. Yeah, I'm on Santana as well. Santana or Bell? Bell. I'm on Santana. Santana or Mancini? Mancini. Santana. Um, I just want to add, for the record, Joey loves... Carlos Santana, I love him as well. We mentioned last week, 20 extra homers last year. If all of his games were in Philadelphia, I fully expect more power and for that ballpark to also help his batting average. Um, but we don't need to rehash old ground. So let's move to Yuli Goriel, 174.95, 21st at the position. Would you agree with me that Goriel is really a poor man's Eric Hosmer? Do you think the power can push up or is he just a 20 homer bat? Yeah, no, that's a, that's actually a great comp. I mean, if you if you sit and look at those guys side by side, they're extremely similar. 
Uh, I think I think there is some upside in Guriel's power. I think we could see him hit around twenty five, and but the twenty five is going to come with like a two eighty plus average. Uh, the problem here is the walk rate. I'd like to see him walk a little more. And I think he will. Uh, the good thing is he doesn't strike out at all. I mean, last year eleven percent. That's ridiculous in someone's for in a player's first year. So I'm interested to see what he does this year because. These numbers are kind of odd from 2017. He's kind of a mystery to me. Yeah, you want an interesting stat? I saw this on Twitter today. And I didn't verify it, but <laughs> I'll just throw it out there. Uh, Guriel had the highest percentage of 95 mile per hour or greater um, batted balls among first basemen, hmm. which signals to me that he's got power, um, but it's probably uh, a, a swing issue. Um, as to why he's not hitting for more homers. Um, but I'm okay with him as a batting average guy with, you know, 17 to 22, 23 bombs. Um, and he's going to hit in the middle of that lineup. I think he hit third or fourth most of last year. Um, you know, he's going he's, he's gonna to accumulate counting stats like crazy. Um, at this price, I can live with the fact that he doesn't have the power um, and bank the batting average in the counting production. He's a solid piece. He just lacks upside. Okay, 22, Eric Thames, 184.89. After a roaring start, Thames' production suffered. Do you think it was the league catching up to him, fatigue, both, or something else? And are you still in on Thames? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely still in on yeah, Thames. I'm, in. I'm so in. Uh, this ADP is just uh, – it's really, really sweet. If I get him here, I'm ecstatic. Um, yeah, last year he started off, he was the best player in baseball, and it wasn't really even close. He he went on an absolute tirade. He was uh, unstoppable. Um, so there's a couple of things here. Um, we loved Thames coming over from uh, from the Japanese League for a number of reasons. Korea. Korea, whatever. Um, from Korea for a number of reasons. Uh, the main reason why I liked him so much is because he is a very disciplined hitter as well as a power hitter. Uh, and he was that as well when he was in the minors over here and when he was with the Blue Jays. Um, so I think that we're going to see some big if improvements uh, this year as far as the K rate goes. I think that's going to come down a bunch. That's going to lead to more contact. That's going to lead to more home runs and a better average. Um, we all know the powers there. Look at the size of this guy. He's probably the most jacked guy in the entire league. I haven't projected this year for 30 plus home runs. I haven't projected for 255 plus as far as the average goes, but that could go up to 265, maybe even closer to 270. But the biggest improvement we're going to see is the K rate. I think that's going to go from a 29.6 down to like a 20 in the 26 range which is going to give him all sorts of goodies. So I'm all over Thames, love the uh, ADP, and we're going to see a nice big year from him. Yeah, I like him too. Um, I think the struggles were injury and fatigue and also some league adjustment. But what I find encouraging about Thames was the end of the year. Thames seemed to turn the corner. Uh, he hit 328, 431, and 574. Um, in terms of triple slash, with a K rate down to 27.8%, 
after three consecutive months of being over 30%. And that triple slash was supported by a 51.2% hard contact rate. So more than half the time he was hitting the ball hard in the month of, months of September and October. Um, I still see upside here. Um, I agree with Nick. I think the batting average will be around 260 with 30-plus bombs and great on-base skills. Um, I am a little concerned that they have a very obvious platoon partner for him in Jesus Aguilar. But Thames can also play the outfield, so maybe Aguilar enters into a platoon with another player as opposed to um, Thames, and then Thames shifts, shifts to the outfield. Um, I'm definitely in considering Miller Park, the lineup, and his skill set. Um, so I think that we're going to be battling for him. Um, this is this is uh, this guy coming up is one of my other favorite values. Yeah, obvi well, obviously, I got so excited I had to stammer there. Twenty <laughs> third yeah. ranked first baseman Chris Davis, two thirty five point thirty seven. So a big drop from um, Thames to Davis. Do you think Chris Davis has one more big season in his bat? And if it comes this year, it's a ridiculous profit, right? Of course, yeah. This is this is um, this is like. Another phenomenal ADP. Uh, if let's just say if you punted, if you punt first base this year, it seems like you could just end up with a really, really good player in like the nether rounds. Uh, yeah, I, I love the player. And last year we saw a lot of weird things happen. We saw his uh, K rate skyrocket up to thirty-seven point two percent. That's gonna come down. Uh, he was injured a little bit last year here and there, dinged up. Um. But the Orioles lineup is still good. It's still a good ballpark. It's still Chris Davis. He's going to do what he does, and he's going to hit 30-plus home runs. And he's going to, you know, he's going to hurt you a little bit in the average department. But if he hits 30-plus and bats in 80, 90 guys, what's the harm? So I'm swallowing whatever average he gives me. If he gives me 30-plus home runs at this point, regardless, 30 home runs at this point is a profit. So I love the ADP. Um, he still mashed the crap out of the ball last year. He was hitting absolute bombs. Uh, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, to me, the the downside is all baked into this price and more. Um, you know, if he turns in a 40-homer 260 season, which he has done multiple times in the past, um, you are making bank at this price. Um, and the best part to me about this price is – you don't even have to play Chris Davis. Uh, so if his K rate's near 40% and he's hitting 180 after six weeks, you can just cut his ass. Uh, yeah. you, don't, you don't need to you know, have him in your lineup to see if he's going to get hot. And then if he does get hot, you, know, you either have a productive member of your lineup or you have a great trade piece. Because are you telling me if Davis comes out and hits you know, 13 bombs in the first month, you're not going to be able to sell him? Of course you will. Because he's done it before. And with respect to last year, I mean, the K rate was 37.2%. Yes, it was higher. But I think it's a little misleading. His swinging strike rate was flat. His contact rate was flat. He apparently took a large number of called third strikes. Um, so I, I'm thinking the K rate is going to come down to 32 to 34%, which is livable for him. Um, and Davis has claimed that he's identified the issue and, and has worked on it and is correcting it. Um, you know, that might be player speak, but still, it's good to know that he has a theory as to what has gone wrong. He made sufficient hard contact. His hard contact rate was 41.5% for the season. 
He hit the ball 95 miles per hour plus, more often than Giancarlo Stanton. The batted ball mix was good, 23.5% line drive rate, 39.8% fly ball rate, with just a 2.9% infield fly ball percentage. So uh, Davis Davis is the rare player where he, he, he hits the ball in the air quite a bit, but it doesn't hurt his Babbitt because he doesn't pop out. Um, so, I mean, to me, this Babbitt screams poor luck, and he should have been on the plus side rather than simply 300. He should have been about a 330 Babbitt guy. Um, he also had an oblique injury, which cost him 26 days during the season. And obliques can be lingering injuries. So, I mean, that's another factor that may have worked against him. He's a boomer bust player, but at this price, there's not really a bust at, at this price. This is all boom or, you know, he's gone from your team um, after six weeks and you pick up somebody else. Okay, 24th, Hanley Ramirez, 264.89. We mentioned last week that the Red Sox brought back Mitch Moreland. If they sign J.D. Martinez, Hanley, or an outfielder, uh, you know, could be Jackie Bradley, maybe headed out of town, regardless of where he plays, do you think Hanley has a bounce-back campaign in his bat? Well, if there's anything that we learned tonight from doing this podcast, is that you can wait on first base. Because once again, this is a beautiful, beautiful, absolutely gorgeous ADP. And I've I never really agree with when it comes to Hanley. I, wow. I, like, I'm out on Hanley. Okay, let me chime in. So yeah, I've never been a big Hanley guy. I really haven't. Uh, but in this case, I definitely am because his ADP has never even been remotely close to where it is right now. Uh, he's coming off a down year, right? And a down year of what, and what he did last year, 23 home runs, 242 average in 133 games. If you prorate it, he's right around like 26, 27 home runs. Um, and it's, so he's, he's around 26, 27 home runs and a 242 average. So it's really not that bad every year in general for, for, for a fantasy player, 27 home runs, 27 home runs, 242 is really not that bad. You go back one year, 2016, he hit 30 home runs and batted 286. Though that's, that's a, that's a Jose Abreu, a Jose Abreu-esque type year right there. And that's just a year ago. Now, here's the problem, obviously, with Hanley Ramirez. He had the surgery, <clears throat> the surgery in the offseason. So his his that may completely sap his stolen base totals. But and let's just say that does happen. Let's just say he steals zero bases this year. But let's just say he plays 145 plus games. I like him to hit 28 plus home runs. Keep get that average back up to where it always is, which he's a career 291 hitter, and he's going to be in the middle of that Boston Red Sox lineup. Now that David Ortiz isn't there, they really don't have anyone else that's a real power threat on that team, like a real a real true power guy. You know, they've got Benintendi and Bogarts and Mookie Betts and Mitch Moreland, but there isn't really a real true power guy. I think he's he's going to start the year off at the four spot. He's going to hold it, and he's going to return a really nice profit at this point. I'm really curious as to how you could argue this pick here. The walk-in K rates are basically in line with with the way they've been. I don't know what you see that I don't see. It's, it's not even that I don't like 
or, or I don't support taking him at this price. It's just to me, Davis presents such a better opportunity. And the big reason why I'm sort of cooled on Hanley is he had off-season shoulder surgery, and the team announced he's not going to play first base in 2018 uh, because of it. So to me, I, I don't see how um, I can buy into a player um, you know, being successful batting-wise when their shoulder is in such bad shape that they can't play first base. Um, so you add that, you know, sort of injury background to a player that's highly inconsistent, um, you know, in terms of what he gives you year to year. Um, and, and then in addition that the upside is not what it once was, I would much rather roll the dice on Chris Davis giving me 45 homers and 265 average than Hanley giving me, you know, 28 homers, 10 steals and a 300 average. Yeah, but Hanley's also in a really, really good lineup. Now, now the Orioles lineup is good as well, and the Orioles ballpark is good as well, but the Red Sox lineup is really, really good, and he's behind guys who get on base at a huge clip. Um, One quick thing to throw in, and I'm going back to the home run tracker for the last time tonight, is he hit 11 no-datters last year, including a 477, a 463, and a 461. So the power is still there. The power is there. Do not let the age fool you. Do not the age scare you. I mean, the worry that it's a shoulder injury and he's a pa- and 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 it, you're going to be reliant this year on power, but it, it's baked into the price. At this point, take the shot. That's true. It I is love baked the into the price, which is why I said I don't have as much of an issue with taking him here. He's just not a player that I personally believe in. 415 average home run distance. That's more than anyone else we spoke about. Well, I can't say that for sure, but it's more than a lot. And I want to say 90% certain that it's 90% of the guys we spoke about tonight. Okay, let's move it to the 25th overall first baseman, Logan Morrison, 273.94. Lomo had a huge breakout campaign uh, with 38 homers. We do not know where he's going to end up because he's a free agent in a crowded first base market. His last 20 homer season was 2011, and he has an extensive history of injury. With that said, the price is cheap. So are you investing? Uh, You know, I like Logan Morrison. Obviously, the problem is where is he going to play? 38 home runs. It, it, it looks great. It's his best year by far, but he only had a 37.4 uh, hard contact rate. Um, and. I just, I don't know. I think there's some real downside in the batting average. There's downside in the injury department. You're paying for a career year. You can't hate the ADP because now we're at the point where you just take shots. And career year in, in round, God knows what we're in now, 20, 20 21, 22, wherever we are. Um, so I don't mind the pick, but all the guys that we just spoke about, I would take over Logan. And some guys want to get to in a second, I would take over Logan Morrison as well. Yeah, um, Lomo, he's he's a swing change guy. Uh, and you actually see the change here. Uh, his ground ball to fly ball ratio last year was 0.72 compared to 2016 when it was 1.27. He sold out for power and was able to hit 38 bombs. Um, he doesn't have a, you know, a crippling strikeout rate at 24%. 
and that allowed him to maintain a respectable 246 average despite a 268 BABIP due to the amount of fly balls that he hit. We need to see where he ends up, but I'm willing to buy a share at this cost. It's similar to what I said about Davis. There's uncertainty, but 38 bombs is 38 bombs, and this is pick 273. All right, let's move to Jose Martinez, 26, 295 ADP. Cardinal Voodoo Magic struck again as the 29-year-old hit 14 homers with a 309, 379, 518 triple slash. Do you think he will find playing time in a crowded cards lineup? And if he does, are you buying his breakout? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not too excited about this kid. Uh, the the power really wasn't there if you look at the profile. Um, and yeah, the average was good, and it was a nice uh, it was a nice stat line in a small sample size. But I'm just not crazy about the guy. He's not really a highly touted prospect. Um, I don't believe in the power. There is a little bit of speed. He could steal you maybe five-plus bags, and he could maybe hit you close to 20 home runs. But it's just not exciting enough for me to waste a draft pick on him. I don't mind the pick here, obviously, like I said. about I don't mind the picks here on anyone. We're so far at, the, at this point. But he wouldn't be a guy that I would draft at any point. Yeah, Martinez was forced to wait a really long time before he hit the majors. Uh, he first arrived in 2016 at the age of 28 for a cup of coffee. And last year's production was fantastic. It came in just 307 plate appearances. I'm not confident that the playing time is there in this lineup. But if he were to get traded, I would gladly take a shot um, because he looks like Yuri Gurriel to me with a little more speed, a little more power, and maybe a little bit more batting average floor. Um, still a 280, 25 homer guy. With a handful of steals and respectable OBP sounds very attractive. I like the player. I just don't see a path with Ozuna, Pham, and Fowler in the outfield and the Cardinals sniffing around third base options. 27th first baseman, Albert Pujols, an ADP of 302.94. After a really bad year, the offseason has been a mixed bag. He underwent successful surgery on his foot and is optimistic that he that will resolve his issues. But the Angels signed Shohei Otani, who might steal time at DH. Do you think Pujols can slug his way to one more 30-homer season with a respectable average, or is his fantasy value, like his contract, underwater? Yeah, I think he can. I, I, listen, I've been a big fan of Pujols, especially in these last, like, uh, you know, three or four years. Uh, last year, he obviously had a down year, but 2016, he returned major value. I can't remember. I don't remember what his ADP was in 2016, but I know that there was a good return. In uh, 2015, there was definitely a good return where he hit 40 home runs uh, where no one expected as well. Um, I know he's had a plethora of injuries and he's older, but the team is much, 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 much improved. And even if he does lose a little time, let's just give him – Let's give him a hundred and let's give him let's give him four hundred and seventy-five at bats. You're gonna get a return on your value at four seventy-five. I like him for 20, 25 plus home runs, a solid average, and good counting stats. Any more playing time than that, and it's gravy. He's gonna do well. They're gonna put him at probably the four spot, and you know who he's bad behind. I don't even gotta tell you. It's a good one-two combination. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm out. Um, he was cut in Joe and I's dynasty league. Uh, that's a 16 team league, and we took the shot and pick him up. Um, I don't know if he's going to make the cut um, when we have to trim our rosters down, um, which tells you about you know where where he is in terms of value. Um, in addition to age, there are injury concerns and playing time concerns. Um, he had surgery on his foot, but plantar fasciitis is always an issue. Um, Otani being in town, they're going to try him as a hitter for at least a little while, and that will presumably be in the DH, which means Pujols has to play first or sit. If he's at first, I, I think teams try and take advantage of the fact that he's at first, and that experiment doesn't last very long. Um, maybe a little bit extra time off will help him. You know, maybe that'll help him stay healthier. Um, but the K percentage is still nice. Um, and although the average is unlikely to be much above 260, he could do that with 30 bombs and a good lineup. Um, I, I'm just more attracted to other pieces that are still on the board at this point. Uh, 28, Brandon Belt, 311.5. Um, are you still dreaming on Brandon Belt, or <laughs> is the dream over? Uh, well, I, I guess I'm going down with this ship. Yeah, Why not? Well, I'm in. Yeah. Still. Listen, <laughs> I mean the price is. Listen, this is all about price. I mean, yeah, this is this is a strict upside play, and he doesn't cost you anything. Oh boy! All right, so we're gonna do this again. For those of you who who haven't listened to the podcast since the beginning of time, since like 1947. We've loved Brandon Belt every single year, and every single year he comes out and he does what he does. He hits 18 home runs. He gives you a he gives you God knows what batting average. Like, why did Brandon Belt hit 241 last year? What? Why? Like, we know he's a better hitter than this. Does it make yeah, sense? Yeah, it was just like just bad luck. Yeah, like who bat? Who walks 14.6 percent of the time and hits 241? Like, it doesn't even make sense. Um, <laughs> but you know. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple things. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna harp on this, but he's never really had a player like Longoria in front of him. Um, and this lineup is sneaky good. I, I, I'm hoping they put him at the four spot, which San Francisco just hates doing. Uh, he's probably gonna open up in the five and have stupid Brandon Crawford, Crawford batting four. But if Belt is batting fourth behind Longoria and Posey, I mean, these are obviously two really good players. Uh, we could see a nice uh, boost in his RBI totals, and you know pitchers are going to have to pitch to him. It's a pretty good lineup this year, and I think that there's going to be. I think the Giants are going to acquire some more players before the season starts. Um, am I going to do what I did every other year and say I think Brandon Belt's going to break out and hit 25 home runs and hit 300? No, but I think it is in the very, very safe realm of possibility that he could hit. 20 plus he could get you a 275 average and he could knock in close to 90 rbis maybe even over depending on where he's in the lineup so i like him still i maybe use my very 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 last draft pick on him either way i'm watching him like a hawk the entire year well just so you know the power pace last year was he hit 18, but it was 451 plate appearances. So that's like a 27 homer pace. We almost uh, had it. So we almost had it. Um, 
and and I think that's you know true skill right now is probably about 25 if he can stay healthy. Now, I mean, you know, who knows if he can stay healthy. Um, but I agree with you. I think the batting average is, uh, was a bit fluky last year. I think he's going to be a 265, 270 guy with low to mid 20s power. And uh, he can swipe you a couple of bags too. I mean, he's, he's, he's pretty athletic. So, I mean, you know, six, maybe seven steals. Um, yeah, he's going to be a useful player, which is why I think this ADP is a little low. Um, and in some formats, he's also got outfield. But let's just, let's move it to number 29, Yonder Alonso. Signed by Cle- Cleveland following a breakout year. Do you think he can duplicate last year's success? And does his second half give you any concern? Yeah, this, this is a really, really nice pick here. Uh, I'm glad that we're like, uh, is Yonder the last guy? Uh, we got CJ Cron, and then I'm going to just throw some names at you from guys that are going a little later. Right. Well, I would have liked to have ended on Yonder Alonso. It would have been a nice, nice final note to end on. Uh, I've always been a fan of the guy. Uh, he walks. He doesn't strike out much. Uh, he hits the ball all over the field, and now he's changed his swing a little bit, and he's hitting the long ball, which I always thought could happen. I think everybody thought it could happen just by looking at him. I mean, the guy's a, he's a big dude. Yeah, two hundred thirty pounds six. Yeah, he's six two hundred thirty pounds six one, um, and now he's on a really good lineup. I, I see like major, major, huge, crazy upside in this guy. I'm gonna give you my projections for him this year. Oh no, I'm gonna give you what I think his ceiling is this year. If Alonso plays one hundred and forty five plus games, I think he could hit thirty plus home runs. He could possibly get you a 275, 280 average and a ton of RBIs on this team. So this is an absolute – He's. I don't think he's even a, a sleeper at this point. Maybe he is. I, I mean the ADP would tell you he's a sleeper, but I, I love the pick here. Yeah, I, I like Alonzo too. Um, I, it's it's a upgrade in terms of ballpark. And I think that's going to erase any regression he has coming his way. The lineup around him is really good, and they need a power bat at first base to replace Santana. Uh, If he gets, you know, 550 plate appearances in that lineup, I could easily see 25-plus homers with better counting stats based upon who he's got around him. Um, I'm not worried about the second half because um, although his ground ball, the fly ball percentage, sank, he still hit the ball hard at a good clip, and he's made the adjustment already. So it's probably the league adjusted back to him, and now he's got to adjust back. And I always have more confidence in a player uh, making an adjustment once they've made an adjustment already. Um, he's obviously this is an approach that he um, committed to and followed through on and had success with. So I expect that he's going to stick with it and find a way to make it work. Okay, number thirty, CJ Cron. 366.64. Kron has the same Otani problem as Pujols, except he doesn't have Pujols' huge contract. So two questions. Can he find the playing time? And if he does, is he good enough to make it matter? <sighs> playing time has always been his, his issue. Um, this, You know I like Kron. I always have. Uh, I think there is a really nice power upside. He has some speed in his game. He always hits for good average. Um, he just hasn't had the opportunities yet. Once he, when he does, I think he could be a special player. But right now, it's a question mark. So I put him as a wait and see, or a stash in deeper leagues. If he gets the playing time at some point, 
and he has a good shot at it being with who he's playing behind, um, I think he could be a good player, especially on this lineup. Yeah, I don't think he's going to have enough playing time. Uh, I think he's looking at like a two-thirds share of first base based upon the Otani situation, uh, which is essentially what he's had the last three years with 404, 445, and 373 plate appearances. Um, I don't see how a player with full season, 25 homer, 260 type production um, is valuable given that sort of playing time. Okay, so Nick, I'm going to give you four names from outside the top 30. I'd like you to rank them and then talk to me about your favorite. So they are Mark Reynolds, Ryan McMahon, Dom Smith, and Kendris Morales. All right, so for me it goes... Reynolds, Morales. What was the second? What was the second one? Ryan McMahon. McMahon. Dom Smith was the last one. All right, so it goes Reynolds, Morales, McMahon, Smith, um, and I, I, I don't know if you had Mark Reynolds as your guy, but uh, Mark Reynolds is definitely a guy that I want to speak about. Uh, he's definitely made some huge changes in his game. We saw a big, huge, giant uptick in the batting average, and that used to be his Achilles heel. He was a guy that could hit for major power in the average department. Uh, and somehow he went like undrafted a lot of years, but he's always been such a reliable source of power. Now he kind of put it all together. We saw the, the, the increase in batting average, um, but now he's putting it together with the power again. So I really like him. I'm not sure if I'm 100% buying this new game that he could hit 30 plus and bat, you know, close to 270. He did have a 343 uh, uh, Babbitt, and that is high when you look at his previous years. But I think Reynolds could easily hit. Uh, he easily, if we know the power is there, so easily hit 30 plus. The question is the batting average, and without that 220 floor, let's say his floor now is 240. I mean, you look at the ADP and. It's kind of like money. So I'm in. Okay. I've got them as McMahon, Reynolds, Morales, and Smith. Um, now, McMahon, my, my ranking of McMahon is based on the idea that he'll be the Rockies' first baseman. And my ranking of Reynolds right behind him is uh, my uncertainty that <laughs> McMahon will be the Rockies' first baseman and it might be Mark Reynolds. Um, but it looks like McMahon took a more contact-oriented approach in the minors last year after struggling with strikeouts in 2016. Uh, the ground ball rate is a little high for my liking. Probably caps his power. But I see a player that's got 2010 sort of um, homer steal potential with the 275 average or even better being that he would be playing in cores. He's definitely one to watch. And I don't think that Mark Reynolds even signing there, if he does, doesn't necessarily spell doom for McMahon. I think they want to give this guy a shot. Um, and, you know, first baseman in cores with a little bit of speed um, is, is a nice combination. Okay, well, that's going to wrap us up for tonight. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll be doing second base. See you later, guys. Have a good night.